Welcome to the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcast. Today, our guest is a Puerto Rican makeup artist, Anna Miro, based in Los Angeles, California. Go grab your coffee, your tea, your favorite drink, and listen. Welcome to the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcast. Today, we are connecting from New York to Los Angeles through Zoom with Ana Miro, Puerto Rican artist in Los Angeles. She's a production makeup artist, special effects, editorial and runway, bridal, film, TV, beauty, theatrical, music videos, you name it. Welcome, Ana. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Thank you for having me. So you went to the University of Puerto Rico and got a BA in general drama theater, and you went to the AI School of Professional Makeup Mastery of Makeup Certification. So, Ana, let's start in Puerto Rico, because I know you've done dance before makeup, so tell us a little more about your story in Puerto Rico and how you got into the arts. So, basically, since I was born. Um, so, my story is actually interesting, how I got into the arts. My When my mom was pregnant, my sister gave her chicken pox. And so that, what it did was delay, delay my growth. And so when I was born, I was already uh, identified as that overall delayed baby. And that came with, that's basically like being born premature in terms of developmental skills, right? Um, or development, right? So growing up, I was in many therapies. I had to take speech therapy, occupational therapy, even visual therapy. I was extremely hyperactive with ADHD. Uh, but my mom, wonderful as she is, um, her, she has a master's degree in early intervention. So I was her master's degree, like her final exam. And she started not only putting me in the appropriate therapies, you know, therapies since very little, but um, she she put me in any any and every class that I could she can think of to get my energies out that helped me you know focus uh and just you know keep me entertained all of the above and so she put me in dance class gymnastics art class all of them and so I ended up just kind of even in like sports I just ended up in dancing because that's I think the one love that I'm that's never going to go away as long as I can move any part of my body I will always move it to any rhythm around me even if it's not an actual song and art because I used to doodle on the walls she would ca catch me drawing <laughs> everywhere and she eventually she was like if I can't beat them join them and she put a whole like paper on the wall and she was like you could paint in that wall and I took art in school and everybody saw like I had this good eye to watching to detail even perspective and I would do things like smaller and bigger because it's closer at like five years old where you know Kids don't know about that. So they put me in La Escuela de, de Arte Platicas in San Juan. Uh, and I was there, I think when I was five or six, I already was taking classes with the older kids. Uh, and I started doing, you know, I started creating art. And then uh, after I was in a, in a private school, uh, all my elementary and middle school. And then when I graduated middle school, they had stopped all the art programs because I took music. I learned how to play the piano. I learned how to read music in school. It was a really, really good art program in general. My art teachers loved me. But then in middle school, they stopped all the art classes. And I started, I'm not spiraling in a bad way, but just like I recognized that I wasn't happy there. And so as soon as my sister graduated senior year, 
which was when I was in eighth grade, I told my mom, you know what, I'm unhappy. I want to I want to go somewhere else. And so I auditioned for um, a specialized art school and um, in a specialist art uh, dance school, a, both in San Juan. And I got on both. And I ended up deciding to go to the art school because academically, uh, we had heard it was a little bit better. And I didn't want to get delayed all academically because I was, you know, advancing in my art. And so I, at this point, I was taking dance classes, you know, every, every week at this uh, studio and I was taking art classes elsewhere. So it wasn't like I wasn't doing art at all. And I was in dance groups and did like dance competitions, like a state, like in the island. Um, so I was active in that sense, but then I was accepted into this art, specialized art high school. And I was there from ninth grade to graduation in senior year, the best. And I was what 14 when I made this decision to go into a public school that was like art related. And to this day, it was it is one of my best decisions I've ever made in my life. And I always I always laugh because I was like, I was 14 and I knew what I want. Like I was so clear of what I wanted and what I didn't want. And I didn't want to be that academic. Like I love school and I love learning, but I need to do it through art. And my whole life had been that way. And so, you know, fast forward senior year, I get, I, I'm able to, I had the best experience of my life in that school. And then, so I graduated high school and I was able to basically go to any college that I wanted. I had the, I had a 4.0 GPA. I, you know, I had, I got like, what do you call it? Uh, I, I got a grant from the, the governor. Like I, you know, I was top of my class because I'm the artist that knows about, about math and science. And I was really good in both, uh, which is really weird <laughs> that you, I'm actually good in math. Uh, but my sister's a scientist. My dad's an engineer. It's hard not to be good in science and math with them. Um, and I, you know, I went into, I decided I could go into engineering, I could go into medicine, I could go into any of those careers. And I decided to go into art history. Um, my dad wasn't that excited. And then he was even less when I decided to switch to theater arts. I had never done, as, I've, as you've heard, I had never done theater or acting at this point. I had done more art, the visual arts and dancing and performing and hosting and all this kind of stuff, but no acting. And, but people always said I was, I'm a character, like a character. So I was like, okay, no, I actually did it because my dream and to this day it's still a dream it's still something I'm working on I want to open a, a art school for for all abilities that's always been a dream of mine uh just because arts were such a instrumental part of my upbringing and my getting better of my you know my impediments and what I had like I had speech delay I had visual issues I and all of these I have GHD and my mom never had to medicate me because I learned how to control myself focus focus and just be organized and you know my mom is amazing like you know she is definitely my top educator but the arts were such an integral part of this that I've always wanted to pass that forward and so I was like if I open a school I want to at least be knowledgeable of all the arts and I hadn't taken any theater art so I went and did a bachelor's in it which is a weird I think like a weird thing to do because they'd be like oh but you it's not like you want to act on your whole life rest of your life or you know it's not like you're going 
way into that career. I was like, yeah, but I don't want to be ignorant as a school director and you know, like as, as a business owner. And so I did that. But in the in the process of being there, I fell in love with theater arts, uh, just everything, performing, being on stage, being backstage, the the environment, the, the community. And I started doing makeup. Uh, there was a bit of a monopoly on who was chosen as an actor or actress. And so I, I ended up taking an elective. I took every single elective possible, even construction of scenery. I, I was cutting wood and I'm putting on, you know, sceneries in one of my semesters. But um, I took a makeup class, a theatrical makeup class. And I already had, you know, makeup background because dancing all these years, I had to do makeup on myself. I had to do makeup on my friends. And, you know, it wasn't out of my comfort zone. And because I have an art background, make kind of just like very much resonated with me. And even the teacher was like, you're a natural in this, you know, creating perspective and depth and like kind of using the face as a canvas. And, and so I kind of became the makeup artist for the department for the last two and a half years that I was there. And I started not doing only doing student work, I started doing professor work and then professional work I was being called from everywhere and I, I was like who gave you my number I I you know the island is small uh, and sometimes too small uh and I started doing a lot of productions uh some non-paid others paid my first paid production was in the big theater in the in the college campus in the university campus which is one of the most beautiful old theaters in, in the in the island um and so my first paid gig was there it was amazing i don't know if i was ready for it but i made it happen uh and a lot of the other things that came with it like hair and wigs and all that and learning how to do hair was came kind of with it like working and, and just self-teaching myself a lot of things and youtubing and you know just learning and then i graduated college uh took me a little bit longer than I thought uh, and a lot of credits and I just I wanted obviously to do some art I wanted to launch you know be an artist and I told my dad and my family you know I gave you the bachelor's degree I graduated with highest honors I literally was the highest grade in my in my class uh I got the all the you know all the cheers and and, and things of having like the good grades and and I was ready I was like I'm already I feel old already to start my artist career but I need to do this so I started auditioning to dance in cruise ship uh I did a bunch of auditions in the in this family six weeks I was going to New York almost every weekend my god that was about 10 years ago uh and then that didn't work out and my plan b was just move. I was like, I can't do this here. Unfortunately, in Puerto Rico, the arts are a hobby. And I was never, I never felt like I, I could make a career out of it. And because I do many things, they make you be like, you know, you have to choose one. And I was like, but I can't live off of one in here. Like, this is not possible. So I, I, you know, I, I, I weighed my options out and decided to move to LA. Made three uh, suitcases that my godfather bought for me and grabbed them and moved here with I had I had been working for about a year with my mom full time at her daycare and then uh, dance classes in the weekend and anything that I could put my hands on. I was working at a therapy center, just doing art, art programs with the, with the kids. And I, I saved up about $10,000 and I moved to LA. It's going to be 10 years next February. <laughs> wow. So you moved to LA for, you know, to make a career because we know that Puerto Rico, you can. Did you know anyone in Los Angeles? 
Oh, <laughs> well, I came originally to, I was like, I'm not doing any makeup because what happened in college was I started doing makeup and they forgot that I do anything else. And I've been a dancer and an artist for years. I was like, I, and like singer, I, 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 I like I took singing classes. I, I can keep a note. I can, I can read music. Uh, so I decided that I didn't want to do makeup. I wanted to perform. Right. And so I went, came to LA. I prepped, you know, I prepped demos and like singing demos and I did uh, uh, reels and I, you know, prepped to do all kinds of performing art uh, here. Uh, I didn't know anybody. Well, I know any one person. I knew one guy. Uh, his name is Geraldo, but he's known as Rico Reyes. He, he's a dancer. I had danced with him in, when I was in middle school, maybe 10 years before. I, I called him up out of the blue. I had him on Facebook or one of those, MySpace or whatever it was 10 years ago. And he, I told him, I was like, hey, I want to move there. He picked me up at the airport Again, I hadn't seen him in almost 10 years. So that was the only person that I knew. Um, you know, I'm very grateful because he let me stay at their apartment for eight months. But it wasn't like it, he was as important in, in terms of like guidance. I I, ha I had to figure everything out. And it <laughs> after me, I started like a lot of other of my college friends started moving here. And I've always been so supportive and trying to like, I let them stay with me for a little bit, even my cousin you know but I feel that I was the first one of that group of like uh, the university friends that have come after I had to you know it, 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 I've had a lot of ups and downs and and I came without a job I got into a lot of debt in the first two two and a half years just waiting for that big gig that I quickly learned it, they're not as easy to come as you know as people think from outside so when people come I'm that person that in a very loving caring way will tell you you know like come back to earth and this is the reality of things not to like shoo them away or to scare them just to prep them because I've had to run into so many doors like I feel you know I don't just open them up I just like run through them and like I've hit a, a bunch of walls because I just didn't know any any better I didn't know any differently and this is what I you know my expectations were and my expectations were thrown on the floor and I've had to really really start making my name uh for myself slowly uh it is a very slow process but I have learned that as, as long as you don't stop, you can't go backward. You know what I mean? Like as long as you keep going forward, and I tell this to my students now, because I'm, I'm an educator, you know, just keep going and what is for you will come. Um, and I am such a, I can, I am, I've lived through this of calling things your way and just, you know, not, not sitting and waiting for things to come, but like going and putting your seed in, you know, like putting your, your, your little piece of, of you in different areas that are important and necessary not like everywhere just don't start like giving yourself away giving yourself out uh just to you know to get a penny um but which is something I've had to learn here too I'm telling you like my mom's like you should write a book of all the things that I've had to go through in this city and I have to say it took me a, it took me a few years but I I do love living here like it, it is the land of opportunity if if you are able to balance uh, 
about the reality of how expensive the city is and, and, you know, start making good decisions in terms of what is really helpful for you or your career, but also not don't burn bridges, you know, be, be proactive, be humble, show your work through your, through your work. Oh, don't just talk about it. Um, ask for help, look for guidance. Don't be like, oh, you know, I know it all. You know, there, uh, there's things I've had to learn that uh, thankfully now I'm in a position where I teach uh, and I'm a business owner. So I lead and I am able to lead by example. And, and I've always tried to do it even when I was teaching back home, my little girls, but I, I didn't understand the strength of my story. Like that. I just told you that I didn't tell a lot of people for many years, just kind of afraid of people judging me because of my like, oh, like, or, or, or just thinking that I'm telling the story to move forward or to get, you know, to get attention. And I, I didn't want that. I didn't go through therapies because it was fun. You know what I mean? I, I didn't want that to be over my head. But now, years later, I've actually learned that it is, in, it is empowering to say the story just because there's so many kids and so many families going through something very similar to what me and my mom went through and my family went through with me that I've you know I've always since little I've made it my life one of my life goals to help people out the same way I was helped and with the same you know uh support that I got from my from my family and from and from my school and from everybody around me. Uh, and I, because art was such a important piece of that, huge piece of that puzzle, I I do art. I My business is art related and I teach makeup and I like, I, I basically do art for a, a, for a living, which has been my goal and my life goal my all along. And I still have a lot of goals. Again, my school is still in, in the, in the, in the, in the near future, but you know, just getting closer to that goal for me has been a wonderful process. Hard, uphill, but still wonderful. I wouldn't change anything. So at what point you decide to go to makeup school and be a full-time makeup artist and teacher now? Great question. So I, as I told you, I got here and I was, I got in a lot of debt. I was doing very odd jobs, like the oddest jobs you can imagine. And I finally decided that I needed a I needed a consistent job because, you know, I wasn't making enough money. I was still getting into debt. I got to a point where I was, I was living in a living room for eight months. Then I moved into a three bedroom apartment with two other roommates. One of them came from the, that first apartment and then another friend that I met here. And after a year in that three bedroom, I needed, I needed out. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't do well with roommates. <laughs> I, I was just, I just couldn't, it was, uh, I was literally getting sick every other month. Like emotionally, I wasn't, it wasn't a healthy environment for me. So I decided to, and I was in a lot of debt and I wasn't, I wasn't getting any jobs, any dancing jobs or any, anything. It, it was, it was a kind of like a breaking point where I decided I need to move out and I need to get a more stable job. I don't want to say a real job because it, it's not real. All, everything you do is real. It's a more stable job, a more stable income. And so I decided to move into a studio apartment by myself and I didn't have the money to really pay for it. But I'm telling you, the universe is wonderful. I got, I started teaching at this uh, uh, 
Children's Museum. And I I moved into a full-time job in a, a matter of months, like in six or seven months. I was I started really part-time and then I they kept adding hours. So eventually they just made me full-time. And uh, there, uh, and then in some classes and see meetings with my sister to get my 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 economical my economic you know mentality direct directed into the right you know and on the right way um i was able to get, get pay out like start paying my debt uh and organize my my mindset oh i also used to work i used to work two jobs full time at the museum and part time for a painter uh for an artist which actually is artwork is in my in my room behind me i know you can't see me but it's uh, it's behind me uh Burton morris wonderful family amazing man super talented and um they with the two jobs i was able to get a bit of stability in my life uh and then that made me allowed me to be able to think a little bit better right because i was in kind of like survival mode for so long that i i wasn't able to sit down and think okay what is my next step and so this has been like four years five years in i'm able to wiggle some money you know to 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 go back to school and i at this point, I had been very disappointed with the auditioning process for like everything. I, I I was like, I'm not allowing the industry to make me feel like I I don't have talent or that I'm not enough uh, because I love to perform and I love dancing and that's always going to be the thing. So I decided to not make that my living or my paycheck and got into a uh, dance company, amazing dance company, Audacity that, you know, I didn't get paid, but I was happy. Uh, made wonderful friends that I still to this day have. Um, and then I decided to go uh back to makeup school uh like to my makeup right that i had not been doing a lot of for, for a few years at this point at that point so i decided to go back to i was like what can i do till i'm you know I really know a really old lady and you know performing in general needs your body to be a specific way unfortunately uh the industry has ageism and you know all, all the isms available and so I decided makeup does I don't need to they don't need to know me or see my face to to know my makeup and so I went back to school looking to get specialized in FX because I had done a lot of beauty makeup and performing makeup and theater makeup I just didn't have enough of the um, uh, you know, FX part of it. And so I went to EI School of Professional Makeup in Hollywood. I am still paying for the student loan that I had to take. <laughs> Um, and that was almost five years ago that I graduated, four, four years ago. But definitely uh, turn in the right direction. One of those good decisions that I've made in my life. And after I was done with that, it was a very scary step for me. But about two years now, uh, COVID just has made me lost track of time. But one, two, actually, almost three years now, I decided to leave the museum. I had been there five and a half, almost six years, five and a half years, and go and do more and more makeup in general so I went to work at a makeup store for a year I we I remember that I don't like sales and I don't like retail so but I learned a lot I learned a lot and I met wonderful people there uh and, and uh, I was able to I did um I did horror nights that year too uh, you know, I started just moving in the in the makeup industry a little bit more. And then I decided to first launch my business, uh, my art business, which is called the Artsy Wagon. And and also I I quit that job and started it and applied to a makeup school and I got it. And I got and I got so I'm I basically since then, well, the minus minus COVID times. 
I have been doing running my business and teaching art and doing art programming and 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 doing makeup like and teaching makeup classes and freelancing. And that has been about well, again, without COVID, it's about two like a year. <laughs> that was a year, and then COVID happened, and then I'm going back and I came back to it. So it's about two two and a half years that I've been kind of like going fully at it. Uh, I, I have to have to say that I'm recently married. I got recently married, and and my partner, my husband, has been very very supportive. And you know, having two incomes in a household makes a whole lot of difference because it has allowed me to not be super stressed about how you know having money to pay rent and and food that I. Have had to you know do it by myself for so long um and that has definitely been a, a bit of help uh, in terms of me being able to like evaluate and what being able to say no to certain things because I don't want to do them even if they pay I've been two and a half years kind of living off my art which has been my you know my life dream and you know still going forward <laughs> still moving forward Can you tell us a little bit about your um gig on the Universal Hollywood Horror Nights Wow. Yeah. So I, I have to say, and this always happened to me, I get really excited with a certain expectation. I try not to, but it's inevitable. And then life surprises me with the reality. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to say disappointing because I did learn a lot. And I met amazing, talented artists uh, working there. But unless you work uh, on the process of creating all the makeup and all the prosthetics, which happens months before the actual event, that uh, during the event, you, uh, you're a, a divided into teams and you either work with the mask you do application of the actors or you work at the they send you to one of the mazes and that's like your maze the whole time you're there I think it's about six seven weeks uh and we got I got uh sent to the um I got assigned to the stranger things maze. oh god gracious that was the, the and, and this was not me just saying like we, we were a team of four four or five five it was the biggest team because it was the, the busiest means it consisted of body like foam latex bodysuit like so imagine a huge sponge on their legs and their arms and this like huge demogorgon head they had arms and shook and like like these shoe covers so it was a full full body like costume basically that we had to help them get in and out of and we had to fix ripped teeth falling out of the mask just like everything it was it was super busy so I thankfully I have a background on like doing all artsy things so I I know how to sock because both of my grandmothers used to sock so I you know I, I know how to hand sock and so I had to saw I had to uh, you know like fix patch up latex and I didn't know how to do like I they taught me I I learned how to do a lot of things but it, it got to a point where it was really disgusting because yeah the shifts are what like seven six seven hours of them working changing every 40 minutes uh into these like wet sweaty stinky suits we had to go there really early our shifts were 13 hours long we got there went to the maze got the suits out into the sun to see if they could at least dry a little bit put some like powder on them oh sometimes we had to squeeze them oh, out of their oh, out of their sweat I couldn't do it every time I gagged so of uh, the other my other uh like makeup artist <laughs> friends at the maze used to do that I was like I can't eventually they, they changed them to another set of like new ones but oh no they washed those ones and then they changed to new ones they only had two sets of these for a six seven week run of the 
the of the event. So you know, I learned a lot. I, I did learn a lot. I I did not know how to patch latex, and I I learned about like different glues and and that glue, which is it, it that will hold anything on. You know, I learned a lot of like material knowledge that I ne- definitely didn't know. But it wasn't. It was more of like fixing and out and, and putting on, not so much the building of it. I do have to say that working there made me shift even again uh, within the makeup world into wanting to learn more about building construction uh, like like lab work sculpting and molding and all that kind of stuff and that's actually what I've been doing for the last year and a half or so I've been trying to learn more about lab work because I really love like, again every time I try something new I love it uh, and I'm now I'm moved into a wonderful new apartment and I have a garage that I'm turning into a lab slowly so I'm so excited because you know it, it, it that's a that's that has been a dream that I, I I recently kind of decided that I wanted to start doing. And so it's happening. But I de- definitely have to say that as long and exhausting as the uh, experience was at Horror Night, it, I did, it did inspire me to, again, go into more into lab work. I met wonderful, oh my God, the guys, the people that I work with there at, at my main in general, but it might be ones I, I was actually able to meet and really get to know because we spend 13 hours a day for four or five days a week for six, seven weeks. So we got to know each other pretty well. And, and they were amazing, amazing talented people. I think that th- those are the people that I actually miss. Um, I do know they're doing Horror Nights this year, which is amazing. I've, I've been seeing them in the, in, in like pictures they're taking and that makes me happy. I don't, I don't know if I, I, I would like this year would, would have done it because I actually work on weekends now. So it would have lit literally like cut my my income my work uh you know process right in the middle but it's not off the table I would love to work with them again in whatever you know circumstance it is either a a, a short film or a film or, or production or something because they definitely I met amazing amazing talented people in that uh, experience so you mentioned your business can you talk to us about that a little more Again, I my my background is arts, and while a few of the odd jobs that I did when I when I moved here was I babysat a lot, a lot. Like I had a bunch of families here in Playa Vista, which is a really really beautiful area near the beach here in Los Angeles, and I started seeing the need uh, of like art programming for toddlers and preschoolers, like really early young early childhood, and that has kind of been my my age group that I worked with forever because my mom had has had a daycare for years and so I started there just teaching some art classes but I also I also saw that people don't like to drive in the city <laughs> and I get it it's super traffic like it's traffic all the time it's, you have to drive everywhere you can't just walk unless it's around your town you know around your down your street and so I came up with this concept of okay I want an art school. I want to be able to provide art services and art programming, but how can I do it? Like, how can I start right away, right? Eventually I want my school, but how can I, I wanted to start seeing where's better places to potentially have a school at. I wanted to be able to take, you know, the art to the kids, uh, to the adults and just take the art somewhere. So I 
I came up with this on the go arts programming idea. And so I called it the artsy wagon because eventually a wagon is coming. I don't know if in the shape of a wagon, but it is going to be a transportation, <laughs> some kind of transport. Um, uh, and, it, and it is coming soon. I, 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 am, I am producing it in my energy around me. But um, so basically we do uh, art programming, art classes and events. Uh, we customize everything to the event, to the theme, to whatever, you know, I, this is a full on conversation with the client where, you know, where, it, where is it at? Is it, outside, you know, how many people? I, I launched uh, because of my experience with uh, the, the museum. I was a community engagement program manager. So I got to meet and work with amazing organizations on over LA the Music Center, LA Live, uh, LA, LA, uh, LA Parents Magazine, So-Called Moms. And so all these nonprofit organizations first are huge and do events every year. And so when I left the museum, I, I knew these people by name. Uh, I had been communicating with them through years at the museum. And so I reached out and I told them that I was going on my own, that I was launching my, my our programming business. And before COVID hit, <laughs> I, I was booked every weekend. I was doing huge events because I learned to do that through the museum. Uh, and I've done events to up to a thousand people. Those are crazy, but so fun. And so I started doing, uh, my business has become where I do have, you know, independent clients and I do birthdays and I do paint parties for adults. I do artsy parties for kids. I do classes. I, I did a lot of online classes during COVID. I was able to kind of switch it around and do it virtually. I did paint, sip and paints through Zoom as well. But now that things are opening up, I'm, I'm going back to that. So I also go out to events and I love, I'm not a nonprofit myself, but I love working with nonprofit organizations because I think my whole life I've been working with nonprofits, even back home. Um, my mom's company is a nonprofit as well. She runs a daycare, but it's through a nonprofit. So I, I'm very acquainted with nonprofits and I and I really love working and, and, and helping out the community. So uh, I, I try to wiggle, you know, like if I do this event where I get paid enough, but I get a lot of materials extra, I will then find another event that is can't pay or like can't afford it that I can use the same materials with and basically not spend anything. So I'm kind of donating it and then I donate my services or, or one of my teachers can go and do it. I did the, the mission union mission, um, Mother's Day event, well, two years ago before COVID happened. No, it was the holiday party, sorry. But it was like for families that like that were homeless. And and I had had a lot of materials from events that had just happened uh, with other big organizations. And so I donated all of it. I was like, let's do this. And so that's my my family. Like I have friends that be like, but this is your, your business. You're not a nonprofit. And I'm like, but that fills my soul, you know? And, and, and that for me is as important. So uh, yes, I'm a for-profit and I, I do a lot of work, but do know that everything that, you know, any material that I have extra at, at some point, I will find a way to to put it to use, not necessarily by getting paid for it in another circumstance. And if if I can, if I can work with a family or or a community that is, you know, that can't afford to pay for my services, I will do my best to be able to provide the service anyways. I, I just try to find a few a few other gigs that I can, you know, I can I I can't charge and I can, you know, get some money from. But I, I, it's slowly growing and I'm so excited. And again, I'm looking into the growth of it. The next part is a transportation device that I can do art from. I mean, it is coming. I just don't want to 
jinx it by, you know, by telling the world that uh, it is coming. And then my school is also coming at some point. Um, I, I just, I had, I was lucky that I didn't have a location right now because COVID would have messed me up in like huge. I don't have any overhead because of I work from home. And that's the reason we moved to a bigger place because now I have an office and, and I can, you know, I have space for all the materials. It was becoming like overwhelming the amount of materials that I, that I have at this point, which is amazing. And I feel very blessed, but we didn't fit in a one bedroom apartment that so we just moved to a bigger place. But it's mostly because of my two job, you know, my two businesses, my, my freelance makeup artist and my, and my artsy wagon uh, business as well. So to close up a little bit the interview, um, I always ask this question. Can you talk about how we met? Yes. Um, so which is full circle because it just happened the premiere. So I I was called to do a film, my first feature, uh, meaning my first full length film. I had been doing a lot of short films and music videos up to then, but I was called by a friend that I had worked with before, a uh, Puerto Rican friend, to do this film, uh, the makeup for this uh, feature. And then um, the, the person who called me, I had worked with before, Omar, uh, I had worked before in a short film that actually got presented at the Chinese theater at a like a Halloween uh, a horror film fest with uh, Miss Laura Alemán. And they... He called me back for this. He's like, I have a feature going on. It's like a very, you know, it's going to be in two weeks. We're going to just record. It's going to be very fast. It's a low budget, but like, we would love to have you. Then I realized that most of the crew was Puerto Rican and, and the cast was Latino, mostly Latino. So it was a almost, almost full Latino cast and crew. And so I was like, you know what? Yes. Like, of course, I, I, my first feature, I was so excited. And so when I get there, I know the director, uh, I, I had met him before. He's, he, I don't know if at that point I worked with him before, but Javier, uh, I know Susana, new friend. So like a couple of wonderful power couple, super talented. Uh, but I knew the director, I knew Omar and I met the rest of you there. Like I met the, the Mickey, it was like the director of photography and Miss Lucy was the Courtney and it was such a close set <laughs> and so fast and so fast paced to, that we everybody had to like be in tuned and communicate properly and like uh you know and, and bicker in, in a productive way like we were always trying to like make the production more effective and definitely Lucy you were a, a very uh, a needed key you know to for that communication because you, you see Lucy very quiet and like shy, but she will go and like tell you a secret <laughs> and communicate, you know, I'll tell her and then she would go to the director and very subtly tell him exactly what I just told her. I was venting, but she would communicate it in a way where he would <laughs> understand, you know, and, and, and make and make some changes happen. Um, and so, yeah, I met that was what, two years ago? I, I lost track two, three years ago. What literally a week ago it launched. I know. So Lucy came here to LA and stayed with me, uh, so we could go to the wet carpet because we've been waiting for this <laughs> launch <laughs> for a while. Uh, yes, it was, it was a pretty long wait. Uh, but yeah, that's how I met you uh, on on a set, and hopefully, you know, more to come. So for anyone that wants to hire you, the ones to follow you, you want to give you all your social media. Sure. So my makeup artist, uh, social and all over across the border is Miro underscore makeup. My website is the same, MiroMakeup.com. Uh, and then my, uh, and I'm on Facebook as well, Miro Makeup. Everything is Miro, M-I-R-O, makeup. 
Miro, like the art, like the painter. That's my last name. Um, and then my artsy wagon business that again, I'm customizable and hundred uh, percent on the go. So even virtual. So I've done things in, in Florida, in Connecticut, in Boston. I've done classes, virtual classes for all ages, all over the country at this point, which is amazing. It's theartsywagon.com, theartsywagon on Instagram and theartsywagon on Facebook as well. So uh, I would love for you to follow me uh, and then reach out to say hi. Uh, I have I have a lot of, I do sell some art kits on, on the artsy wagon. I'm about to launch some classes on my mirror makeup. So if you're interested in doing its beauty, it's like kind of for the everyday person because men are as welcome to take the class. You know, everyday people that want to learn how to do everyday makeup. I am launching a class that's going to be hybrid, like in-person and virtual. I'm trying to start in November, but I might need to move it to January because my wedding is driving me nuts. I'm, I'm getting like, my big wedding in a month and I've, <laughs> I've been a bit busy with that. So if I can't do it by like December, which would be my goal, I'm definitely doing them in January. It's going to be three, three workshops. So in my website is going to have all the info. So stay tuned. Yes, if you want to follow us at the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcast on Instagram. And thank you for your time, Anna. You're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>